Secrets of the Rose, The Power of Revolution, Suggestive Lesbian Action, and Literal Car Sex. We had Casey watch Revolutionary Girl Utena, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello everyone and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you as always is me, your host, producer, Weave of All Trades, and ear-pierced, tie-wearing monkey mouse, PJ. And me, one of the only girl duelists on the student council who's in love with a woman, Skylar. And with us as always is our brand new duelist who already pawned off his rose seal ring to fund his next vacation, Casey. And I'm the magic boy who just wants you to believe in love and justice for all. I think that's like more of a Sailor Moon thing. I don't know. This scene... I don't know what this is. I've heard of, I've like vaguely heard of this. That's true. We did talk about this during our Kawaii Desu Cousins crossover. So he knows that it, he knows it has some grounding there. So I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. (laughs) This is just proof that I listen once in a while. Once in a blue moon, Casey listens. We we cannot stress how rare that is, but once in a while. (laughs) But if that and the episode title didn't give it away, this week we are watching Revolutionary Girl Utena as we continue through Pride Month. So, Casey, based off the name alone, and I guess a little bit of context that you have, what did you think this anime was going to be about? Well, you know, I obviously, I heard of it, but I don't know much about it. I figure, I mean, just to context clues of the name, maybe she's a magic girl who leads a revolution against her government. And for added creativity, she's trying to stop them from making laws that govern her body. So it's very, like, had magical girl's tale? Absolutely. (laughs) PJ, write that down. (laughs) That's, that's, I mean, Handmaid's Tale, everyone loves that, but it's got, they can't go on forever in the same way. They got to do something different. That's where you come in with this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Hand Sailor's Tale. Is that anything? <laughs> it's Sailor Pro Choice to the rescue. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that scene where they, uh, where they did a female circumcision on Sailor Jupiter was really rough. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> oh my! God. Comment below. Tale is make a show I like cannot this. watch because I know it's just so rough. <laughs> and I know that that's a thing that happens in Handmaid's Tale. Sorry for the spoiler. So I guess once you saw the poster, did your thoughts change, or were you like, "Yeah, that could still be a thing"? I it changed slightly. Okay, I said, you know, looking at the poster, I thought maybe it's about you know it's uh, you know I'm too. Multi, uh, you know, multiracial magical lesbians trying to fight against the patriarchy. So still similar. And um, I don't know what they're fighting for or against, but there's definitely some dude they're trying to take down. And you know what? I will say, I can't remember the last time we had a person of color like as like a main character in anime. It's not very common. Yeah, I was like, huh, this is refreshing. So yeah, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what it's going to be about. I don't know if it's like I said, I, I know they won't do anything about like race issues. So I'm thinking it's probably about misogyny. Can I also say, God, this is the most suggestive cover of all time. Right. It is. It, it looks like the character with the pink hair is like straight up like giving those clitoral contusions over to girl with the purple hair. <laughs> I mean, th- this, I, I mean, whether or not, there was no, there's no question in my mind, by the way, before you've even started this, now looking at the poster, that this is going to be very popular in the lesbian community. <laughs> but, and also, there's also no question for me whether or not they are lesbians. And I don't care what they, I don't even want to hear them try to queer code me during this nonsense. <laughs> also, she's not fingering her. She's protecting her. Vagina. oh god well let's talk about these characters and let's talk about first the girl with the pink hair i was thinking i was kind of getting some captain marvel vibes from this whole thing uh if you think about the characters in captain marvel the girl uh you know the pink hair girl is that racist is that a racism i don't think so you're like yeah, her strong female black. with a black girlfriend what oh, else well could i'll it explain be? what i mean more about it in a second i didn't mean it to be like these are just like think it's a similar thing no it's not that at all the girl on the right is an intergalactic protector <laughs> who comes across this princess's planet that's being ravaged by some ta- terrible beast and has to save her so i was just because it's an intergalactic protector that's what i meant i should probably have phrased that a little better yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I totally understand why you guys thought what's where I Everyone went with this. who is keeping track on Casey's cancelable moments, you gotta erase it. Yeah. He's better <laughs> luck next time. We know it's early in the episode. Stay tuned, <laughs> actually. Stick around. But yeah, I think this prince uh, I'm gonna talk about the uh, the princess in uh, also. Um the princess, I think she inherited the throne like way too young. I think it's like a princess Amadala 
Queen Amidala, excuse me, situation. I was like, she's not a princess. She's a queen in that episode one of Star Wars. Um, and I think she like inherited like the planet and she has to like rise up to save the planet now as like a young queen and this intergalactic woman has come to her planet to kind of help her. Okay. I like all of those. I, I, I mean, I would watch the anime that you're positing. Yeah, right. that sounds really fun. So let's see if that is the anime we are going to watch because we've got your predictions. So let's take those, put them in our back pocket and go and watch episodes one and two of Revolutionary Girl Utena and come back and discuss them. How does that sound? Sounds good. Sounds magical. Hey, all right. Hey. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, we're back and we had Casey watch episodes one and two of Revolutionary Girl Utena. Casey, tell me, what did you think? I, for a moment, thought this was lesbian Sailor Moon, straight up with all the roses and like, I mean, just that's why I thought this was going. But it's a little different and refreshing and fun. And obviously it's, it's magical. It's There's some sort of magical girl element happening here that I really enjoy. Yeah, I me and Skylar were having a debate on whether this should be considered a magical girl anime and like what the qualifications really should be for what makes a magical girl anime. So right. I'm interested to have that discussion with you. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I had that same thought, too. Because as the episode went along more and more, I was like, okay, I guess that counts as Magical Girly. Okay, I guess that counts. So, like, we can talk about this. But before we get into that conversation, let's go through some housekeeping. So, Revolutionary Girl Utena was actually the brainchild of an artist collective called Bee Papas, founded by Kuihiko Ikuhura. They function as both a collective, but as also a unified pen name for their creations. So there wasn't like a, oh, this is like a Bee Papa's production, but we're going to say that Kuihiko did this. Or this is a Bee Papa's production, we said Yoji did this. They always just said, this is Bee Papa's, and it's Bee Papa's. And this was done so that the often overlooked production staff could get recognized for their work alongside the accolades usually put upon series creators. So the collective featured Ikuhura, who founded it, manga artist Chiho Saito, animator and character designer Shinya Hazagawa, scriptwriter Yoji Enokido, and planner Yuichiro Oguro. Chiho Saito is credited directly for the manga for Revolutionary Girl Utena, but again, it is just a general B-Papa's creation. Right. The manga ran from May 1996 to March 1998 and ran in the shoujo magazine Chao for five volumes. The anime series was directed by, of course, Bee Papas, with Ikuhura taking helm. Now, the reason that they were like, Ikuhura, you should take helm on this project is because Ikuhura was one of the main directors of the Sailor Moon anime and even became Mm. the series director during Sailor Moon S and was the main director for Sailor Moon R the movie. That makes sense. Sailor Moon R the movie, Promise of the Rose, is my favorite Sailor Moon Straight up the best Sailor Moon movie. So, of course, Promise of the Rose guy was like, I'm going to make Revolutionary Girl Utena the anime. Uh, it was produced by JC Staff and aired on TV Tokyo from April to December of 1997 for 39 episodes. After the series ended in August of 1999, the film Adolescence of Utena was released. People are torn on the film as it is mainly like a condensed retelling of the series. However, there are differences in plot and themes and it has a more extended story. So some fans consider this as almost like its own product, like this is like an alternate adaptation of the manga, while other fans mm. do think that it is contiguous with the anime and consider it like the true ending to the anime. So it's it's a it's a hot debate in the Utena fandom. So technically, couldn't you just like skip the like if you wanted to like, skip the anime and just watch this movie? You could totally theoretically, obviously you'd miss out on a lot because yeah. like you take 39 episodes of Condensed Them into like a two-hour movie, which you know like has its benefits and has its drawbacks. Looking at you. Uh, Sailor Moon Crystal. <laughs> right. Very different. Mal- Maleficent having movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, I, I, I enjoyed thoroughly. But again, it, it, you have pluses and drawbacks. You lose story moments. You gain story moments. And I mean, a big point, too, in this, in Adolescence of Utena, the relationship between Anthe and Utena is, like, overtly romantic. Like, there is no subtext at the beginning of, like, are we, will they, won't they? It is just, like, they are it, you know? 
So like of there the are, movie? Yeah, in the movie. I definitely need to see the movie because I just feel like not enough lesbian things are happening yet. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it takes time. And again, it's all, you know, it's kind of something we talked about again in our Kawaii Desu Cousins uh, crossover episode where like Utena has like a lot of like, it's not a coding because it's very out there. But I think there's just a lot of, there's so much sexuality. We'll talk about this again. Okay. I think okay. my big thing in thematically with Utena is like they really tend to play around intensely with gender and sexuality but we'll get to that aside from all this utena has had five stage productions two light novels and a video game for the sega saturn Mm. with all of that let's run down episode one and two very quickly in episode one we meet utena who wants to become a prince all the girls in school are in love with her as she struts around in a boy's uniform and is great at sports she sees anthe get hit by seonji and is curious before her friend wakaba interrupts and reveals she has a crush on seonji the next day a love letter wakaba wrote to seonji is posted for the school to read and utena challenges him to a duel, unknowingly falling into the world of the Rosebride and the Revolution. She beats Seanji in their insane battle dome and wins the honor of the Rosebride. This isn't something she wanted, however, so after moving in with Anthe and Choo Choo, she decides to purposefully lose and relinquish Anthe back to Seanji. However, once she starts dueling, her fighting spirit makes her try to win and eventually the spirit of Dios enters her and with her combined duelist power, she defeats Seanji, retaining the engagement to Utena and opening herself to challengers to the Revolution. And that's episodes one and two of Revolutionary Girl Utena. So I would like to say that aesthetically, this whole show gives me a hard on. It's such <laughs> a that. sick show. Like, because obviously Skylar and I will, like, you know, do our watch of episode one and two together. And the entire time I was just like, this show is so cool. This show is so sick. Like, I just kept saying that so often. Yeah. Like, as soon as she start, as soon as she goes into, like, the woods to get to the dueling arena, like, everything, the music, that ramp of stairs she has to get through. Even, like, when the drop of water hits her ring and then all the water comes out. It's so great. And then you see that fucking floating castle. Beautiful. And she's like, why is the castle upside down? It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's there. It happens. (laughs) Question. Had you guys, before today's episode, had you guys seen this anime before? I had not. Skylar had. Mm, Okay. So I'm also, I'm also an Utena virgin. Oh, exciting. Yeah, no, that's, it's pretty cool. I was, I was, there's so many like. You can tell there's a correlation between Sailor Moon and this show. Like, the animation style. Like, that, I mean, the walking up the stairs, that's basically her transformation. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and even in episode two, like, it literally is. Because, like, the first time she walks up, it's just, like, a, like, moment. But in episode two, when she has Anthe as her bra, like, as her fiancé, I guess. Her rose fiancé. She starts, <laughs> you know, Anthe's, like, doing her, like, little prey thing. And, like, slowly more and more accessories are appearing on Utena as she's walking up the stairs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah exactly. she's got, like, the epaulette. That super duper hot sword pole. Yes. Mm, chef's kiss. So, Casey, um, I've been spending like a lot more time with Angie lately. Sure. And I was like telling her like the whole plot of Utena, like I do. Cause like Angie, Angie has a hard time committing to anime. She loves it, but she'd rather just listen to me say the entire plot. So I feel bad, but she likes it. And I was Relatable. explaining Continue. like <laughs> I was explaining Utena to her and she was like, Oh, that's really interesting. And I was like and she pulls it like out of her chest and she's like, What? And oh, so yeah. I showed her Jeff believes I sh- that I have the words titty sword written in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> titty sword. <laughs> um, in my Discord with uh uh not cousins, <laughs> the amount of times I wrote titty swords was a lot. Um, so basically, <laughs> I show the clip where she draws the sword out of Anthe, and Angie was like, oh my god, this is so fucking hot. And I was like, I know! <laughs> I know! Uh, but in general, can I say, just everything about this anime is so hot, including the people, but just every, the thing that, the way that everyone does everything is hot in this anime. Yeah, it's like, very Like, I love sexy. at the very beginning, just A, just establishing right up top, like, obviously we have that little thing yet of like the like wow when Utena was a little you know girl prince like the whole thing happened right that that happens it's cute but then you immediately have like hot 
like lesbian hot lesbian energy utana like strutting through the school all the girls are like oh my god she's so hot and literally even like when the teacher is like you're still in that uniform the show literally does like several hot different poses of utana like showing off the outfit right yeah and then you get that like super cute sports bra kind of moment when she's she's playing playing basketball basketball. and she's dunking on all those men and can i say i love (laughs) that the girls in the school are so thirsty for her because like uh, when she's done and she beats the guys there's all the girls come up to her and they're like come here like I got you water use my towel and Utena even says like okay I'll use your, use your towel I guess it's your turn this week yeah. I was like mm. oh my god <laughs> Wow, sexy. And then even Wakaba is just like, well, you're my prince. And she literally is like, oh, I'm waiting for my boyfriend at the very top of the episode. And even like Utena's like, stop with that whole like, I'm the only one for you thing. And and, uh, Wakaba's like, well, there's no guy cooler than you. So what do you want me to say? Right. (laughs) A lesbian trying not to to lock it down. That is original for this series. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, she is pretty straight for a bit. So we were all straight for a bit. She's definitely bisexual. Yeah, I was about to say, because like, I feel like I'm not even saying like, oh, I've seen the show. So like, I know that she's like bi or anything. But clearly she has like tendencies right but like everything else is pretty platonic until i think the end and until the movies you just want more that's all there's a lot to be said about the subtext and the text and i think that they definitely like i think the the problem that a lot of people could have with it is that it's like you've said it's a little more platonic than you'd like at times and i think there's a lot of implication but i think that the i think the benefit is that the the relationship is realized like it's not like something like nana which i feel like we bring up every time this conversation happens where it's just a lot of implication with no payoff but this yeah. has implication with payoff you know so like i think that's the difference but i get the frustration being like come on exactly we just want to see some girl on girl some maybe magical girl action <laughs> yeah exactly i would like to put forward a little bit of a spoiler alert but also a trigger warning there's a little too much incest in this anime you see so like you're over here being like otana and anthony have this sisterly relationship and i'm like i don't see the problem then because this is an incest anime (laughs) (laughs) i mean like way more incest oh no i know you've told me about it (laughs) so yeah i would like to say about my trigger warning for people at the top that there is a lot of abuse um some sexual abuse physical and emotional abuse so if that's kind of not your jam like unfortunately it does happen yeah it's a very adult anime yeah honestly yeah it's good to know especially going more into because i think i wouldn't expect that from this i would think it'd be pretty not so scared not like that going beyond this two episodes incest rampant (laughs) abuse both physical sexual emotional and i mean there's a lot of gay and lesbian themes like even outside of like the the issues with like the anthe and utina relationship there are gay characters there are bi characters in this anime so even if like the main story the main relationship takes a while to fulfill they're not the only queer representation within the series yeah there is a a lot of fucking in this so much so much in this anime (laughs) there's a queer character i'd like to talk about that is uh horrifying to me from this um if you say we're gonna fight i swear to god <laughs> it is choo choo with the george Choo-choo michael Choo-choo earring is the cutest little freak no no casey no, 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 you're no, sayanji no. that's what's happening here <gasps> oh i have not hit a woman although skylar don't try it today no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no choo choo is a little freaky but he's adorable he just likes to eat i love that he's got like this oversized pierced earring is he a mouse is he a monkey is he a monkey mouse why is he wearing a tie so many questions <laughs> i like the part where he almost like suffocated to death because like he, he just, just took too big gorged a fight himself food. on yeah. food relatable what about the cause she was like oh i'm gonna lose and then like when she doesn't lose because you know the whole thing she's like i didn't do it for you i did it for choo choo i was like 
that's just some Sundere shit. Like she's playing the long con. con. Like she's, she's playing. Like, a, she's playing like a game. no one actually says that. Also, but I agree. Choo Choo's precious and deserves to be protected with everyone's lives. But that's why I said that Casey is Sayanji because she was like, well, I did it because like if you had ended up back with Sayanji, he just would have like ruthlessly teased Choo Choo, and I was like, yeah, like yeah. Casey. whatever by the way i want to talk about my one criticism of this anime uh and it's not choo-choo because i can get past choo-choo shocking i know it was hard for me but i made peace um (laughs) the uh my one issue with this is like having seen a bunch of anime now like I think they're, it's it's tough because in the first couple episodes, you want to get people interested in your really unique idea. But like, I feel like if you, I feel like it's hard to deliver a lot of lore and a lot of action at the same time that doesn't feel like super rushed. Does that make any sense? If you're saying that that's the problem that this anime has, I wholeheartedly disagree with you. Well, I, what I'm saying is like, I think like, there, I, for me at least, I, I can't speak, you guys might feel differently, but I think like this, like for these two episodes, like it's a lot of lore mixed with a lot of action. So it's like, and, and just all visually stunning. Everything's girl looks great. So it's like, I think it's like hard to keep up with. Maybe I'm just ADHD crazy, but like, I don't know. For me, I thought it was like, oh, this is like, I had to like kind of pause and like, okay, let me go back. Let me like, what, like, watch like the last five minutes like what did I miss what just happened because of like so much happening but I didn't think it was bad I thought like it wasn't like too too quick like I missed everything but I thought like it was I don't know I think they could have spread out like the lore a little bit more um I don't think that would have I don't either I think you yeah I I mean it's also integral it's also integral but again I mean like that's like you know it's a matter of opinion I don't I think it was paced really well and I understand that you probably don't feel that way but like at the end of the day I also feel like if they had pasted any slower, there's a version of Casey that's like, I wish they had put more lower into this. Oh, probably. We respect the opinion, but you know what we don't respect? Sayanji. <laughs> right. Oh, because he disrespects women, he specifically the Rose beat- Bride. Yeah. He like slaps her like a couple times. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this yeah, is just a high school He literally slaps still. her like three times within the two first episodes. Yeah, it was rough. I was like, what is happening? Like, this- There's literally no reason for her, for him to be slapping her. There is not a reason. He literally has full control. Like, she has to do anything who she's fianced to. Like, there's no reason. He just likes hitting women. Yeah, it's messed up. Even the student council is like, hey, could you, like, not slap her? And he's like, too bad. She's mine. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, it was brutal. God, we should just make an anime called Student Council. I feel like I've seen so many vi- like messed up student councils. At least councils. this one is like its own version where it's like, yeah, they're the student council, but also they're the agents of the revolution, like unrelated to them being part of the student council. They're the duelists who literally are part of, uh, who literally have to listen to a secret society called the end of the world. Which is so sick. I'm so about yeah. that. They're duelists. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another thing a a few other things I wanted to talk about A I just wanted to get this out of the way because I wanted to say it earlier so Utena has like strong like not butch vibes not at all but it's like that kind of mask-ish female yeah. like you've we've all met that lesbian i agree that's really tall really pretty has like long like long flowy hair but like could like beat you up if they wanted to you know right yeah and that's like utina's vibe and the hardcore cottagecore lesbian seriously all she loves is her roses and her like little greenhouse that's all she wants to do man she just want to get slapped every re- lesbian couple i've ever met half of them look like these two <laughs> i'm glad you did say like this part about like you described the character like this butch character like like all like my my butch friends like they all have like they've all described to me for the most part not to generalize but like they have all had the same fantasy of like there's this like kind of like feminine presenting character with like somewhat masculine features but like the undertone of masculine like a masculine attitude and being able to like win over like this like uh kind of more fem like a feminine presenting um character is like that is a big fantasy within the lesbian community Do you mean skylar in high school <laughs> Jimmy, I mean, probably that high school is very queer. And if you were probably, if you were that school, I feel like, again, this is a hurtful stereotype that you just assume like 
everyone part of an art to school be clear, is queer. To be clear, Casey doesn't believe everyone part of an art school is queer. He believes that everyone you went to art yes, school with is queer. Correct. Let's be clear. Yours, it was high school musical. Everyone was gay and everyone was rich. <laughs> no one was rich. It was in downtown Long Beach, and it Casey. Wasn't, it was a public school. I don't know. I think y'all were so... Where did you guys have prom at? Um, at uh, Museum of Latin Art. And, and how many did you guys have? What do you mean? Because didn't you get to go to multiple? No, Skylar went to multiple because she was a hot girl and was invited to multiple proms. Oh, so she's hot too. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> and she used to go to cool gay high school. <laughs> uh, Sky- yeah, no. Skylar Skylar just had pretty privilege. Skylar was um, Michelle Pfeiffer in Greece too at that high school. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. No, um, <laughs> the only reason Skylar was the cool writer of that high school. <laughs> no, I. She do was also be head cool of the student council. Right now, I was gonna say the only reason why we were able to pay more money for like nice, uh, like proms and stuff is because there was like five people at my school. Five hot, rich, gay people. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, Skylar was not in the student council. She started the anime club with former guest Cassandra Clark. Yes. <laughs> there and you go. If you would have listened to that episode, Casey, you would have known. <laughs> Check out her Warriors 3 podcast. <laughs> we, had, uh, we had a little mascot, uh, you know, who's like drawn in really like bad ninth grade anime style. And her name was Anna hyphen May. Ah, stupid. Get the heck out of here. That's what great. is this? Oh, God. Um, a few other things to talk about with this anime, though. The silhouette ladies. Explain them yes. to me, Skylar. Okay, so... They're supposed to be, like, representative of, like, a Greek chorus. You know what I mean? Like, the muses muses from from Hercules. Hercules. Yeah, so they're kind of like that. But also, they don't contribute anything to the plot. Um, Sometimes, like, their little plays that they do do correspond with the theme of the episode. But really has nothing to do... uh, it's talked about them being like weird aliens, um, but specifically, it's their existence is to add more fantasy and whimsy. It's very honestly like it's so weird, but I like it because it's so unique and so different. Yeah, like literally, um, articles say like they're completely unnecessary, but the show would not be the same without them. See, so. What I love about them is the wall that their shadows are on is such a gorgeous wall. Oh, my God. I want to recreate it in a home. Like, it's just so ornate in those. Okay. So the roses, because there are a million ways you could draw, like, roses, right? Hundreds I of petals, super beautiful. But, like, the aesthetic of the roses from this anime are some of my favorite. I uh, That's a good perspective. See, I'm not, a, I'm not like, a art, like, a drawer. Like, that's not my big passion. Clearly, you're also not a warder. I'm also not a warder either. I have a lot of issues. <laughs> but um, I also just, like, I didn't think of it from, from that point of view. So that's a good point. Uh, no, I really do like the rose aesthetic. I was telling Skylar, I was like, as soon as I saw the rose ring, I was like, ooh, I'd wear earrings of that. Which I am making ooh, this week. Set you up for that plug super well. <laughs> Yes, uh, thank you. So I will be making Utana earrings later this week. You could check the Instagram. I'll probably post some pictures. What is this, Bandai? You guys were making this podcast so we can sell toys? What is Hell happening? yes, we are. We got to make some money <laughs> off this podcast. Plug, 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 plug. Um, <laughs> something that PJ brought up. He's just like, why did they censor that with the spinning roses? Oh, yeah, there's that part because like um, when... Oh, yeah, that was strange. When Dios enters... Uh, Utena, they like put like this weird spinning rose over it to like censor it, and I was like, "Ooh, are they like entering each other?" Uh, Maybe it looks like a vagina. I don't know. No, it's weird because they don't always do that. Like the farther you get into it, you just see him enter. (laughs) It was like it's episode one. We can't have the kids see this, right? (laughs) We've got to lure them in. When she wins the duel, like they censor that too, but she's not stabbing him. She's just uh, hitting the petals off his rose. It's so weird, but it, you said, but it doesn't stay forever. Yeah, I wonder it if doesn't. that was like a very early like studio note, and then like once the show had some success, they were like, "All right, fine, you're in season two or like arc two. You don't have to do it anymore." 
Right. Um, I have more of a comment about how that just reminds me of like, maybe it's like their version of like, you remember like when you played football, but you had to like pull the tags off of people? Yeah. Flag, flag football. This? Yeah. Flag. Yeah. Yeah. Flag football. It's that's what that reminded me of. I was like, maybe it's their version of that. <laughs> kind of. Football. Yeah. But if tell me about the sword, though, I, I do think I am a little curious. So basically, Anthe is possessed or is like the guardian of the sword of Dios. And Dios is the prince that falls from the castle and possesses Utena. So it has this very strange power that and what they say is to bring on the revolution of the world. So it's basically just a magical sword. Neat. I, I think that's really cool. And I really like that, like, shitty ass, uh, never washes his ass Sayanji was like, uh, the Sword of Dios is like a good sword, but like it has no actual power. And then immediately she was like, boom, 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 Sword of Dios power. <laughs> right. I mean, it helps that the Prince of Dios has like chosen Utena. Oh, yeah. Man, that Sayanji, he's a bad dude. All my homies hate Sayanji. Hell yeah. I even love when Choo Choo is like stabbing Sayanji's foot with a fork. <laughs> that was so funny. I was like, yeah, Choo Choo's Choo Choo's like a ride or die. Choo Choo and I have uh, matching eyebrows, so that's why we that's why I feel a connection to him. Jesus I'm happy Christ. you feel seen well, you now said, in an anime. You literally said that Choo Choo has weird eyebrows and you have beautiful I have eyebrows. Very thick weird eyebrows. No, you have beautiful well, eyebrows. Thank you. Everyone loves your eyebrows. But you have two earrings. He only has one. It's true. I can't only wear one earring. It's not Disney-like. You got, you've got one earring up on that weird mouse. I love, like, after... So in that same scene, like, when, you know, uh, Choo Choo's stabbing uh, Sayanji's foot with the fork, I love when, Anthe, when like, Sayanji goes to confront Anthony and being like, I thought you were committed to me, like an asshole, even though he knows it's all about the duel. Yeah. She was like, I'm sorry my classmate like she's like so like <laughs> digs it into him like she says it with such happiness oh god she basically they broke up she listened to their olivia rodrigo album and she said you're nothing to me now <laughs> <laughs> good for you good for you classmate <laughs> but you know what other line i really love when toga sees utana defeat seanji in the first episode and he's like oh yes baby you've lit the fire in my heart <laughs> And I was just so thrown off guard by him being like, oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Mr. Awesome Powers. I was kind of thrown off, too, now that you bring it up. <laughs> but I think, but I love it. It's like a character choice. Like, oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> you lit a fire He's like, hot. I love Rose Rain. I love that all these people, like, exist on, like, floating buildings and stuff. Like, when Utena wins, and then all those, like, Notre Dame bells are just, like, ringing Going everywhere. Off, yeah. <laughs> Can I also say, I'm going to talk a lot about the music of this anime. Well, I'm going to oh talk a little God, bit yes. about the music of this anime. Before we even get to that, can I say, and I don't know if, Casey, you had this thought, but at the beginning of episode two, when Uten is walking to school, that was straight up Pokemon music. Oh, yeah. To that totally, very similar vibes. I got like, that. It was straight uh, up the, like, like, it was straight up the Pokemon music. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't help either that like in the first episode the other the girl that's obsessed with utana like her other friend that gets turned up wakaba yeah i don't know why when i first heard her voice i was like is that misty from pokemon <laughs> but then like like i thought it, it sounded so similar to me and then so when that came on on the second episode i was like pokemon again <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> oh can we talk about them is it like magical is it a magical girl show Oh, so yeah. yes, is it a Magical Girl show was, I think, the debate I started off with when it started, because I was like, I haven't seen anything Magical Girl-y about it. And then, like, obviously, we were like, well, the sword pull is a little Magical Girl-y, I guess. And then it was like, yeah. but is that Magical Girl-y enough? And then yeah. when, you know, she kind of got, like, three extra accessories on her outfit, I was like, are they counting it as a Magical Girl anime because of this quote-unquote transformation? Yeah. And then... When Dios entered her, I was like, is this what makes it a magical girl? And I think all three would be no's on their own, but maybe all three together make it a yes. Yeah, I could. Okay, so like when Dios possesses her, that's basically when Sailor Moon does like her ultimate attack. Mm. Yeah, so, like, I see the He's literally giving her magical abilities, so I think that's where it is. She's got the transformation, she's got the magic sword, and she's got superpowers. Yeah, I guess like... Kind of like Yami from Yu-Gi-Oh! Kind of, yeah. So I guess Yami from Yu-Gi-Oh! is a magical girl. That's what we're establishing yes. here. 
Mm-hmm. God, we haven't referenced he's him a, in a while. <laughs> he's do. an Egyptian magical girl. Real talk. <laughs> this is where we establish that A, Revolutionary Girl Utena is for sure a magical girl anime, as if anyone but us had debate about that. Uh, and B, Yu-Gi-Oh! is a magical girl anime. <laughs> Hot. I love it. Except in my version, Joey Wheeler's evil. Except <sighs> Always. <laughs> Why do you hate Joey Wheeler so much? We're yeah, not going to get into this. I love Joey Wheeler so much. He's the best. He's a red-eyes black dragon if I've ever seen one. Yeah, one of the best cards. I like red-eyes black dragon. <laughs> red-eyes black dragon's a great card. Yeah. Yeah, it's cute. Well, your distaste of Joey Wheeler aside, I think it's time we uh, kind of talk about the music of Revolutionary Girl Utena. Take a quick oh my God, break from yes. talking about the anime. And let's talk about the music. Before we even talk about the intro and outro, I did want to talk about just the music of Utena. Because I think the music is top tier. Uh, even aside from the actual intro and outro, you have one of the best anime songs of all time, in my opinion, which is Absolute Destiny Apocalypse. Or Zetai <laughs> Unmei Mokushiro Oko. It's a bop. I love it. The entire time she's walking up those stairs, I'm like, this is, this slaps. Anytime I'm not reading the subtitles, I always look down right when they're saying um, a golden Shangri-La. I think the lyrics are super sick. The like birth records, baptismal records. Like it's just so weird. And like even the (laughs) fight songs you get afterwards are also really fascinating because like both fights in episode one and two have different like these epic orchestral chorus songs playing in the background the entire time. Right. I like the first one where it's like when, who, where, how, when, who, where, how. Yeah, those, those were, really were the cool. questions we had in episode one. <laughs> and then episode two, you <laughs> right. have a lot of like they're just listing all the area eras. They're like Paleozoic, Paleolithic. You know, like they're just going <laughs> through like, history, and like it's so fascinating. Every time I think it's just such a bold. There's so many bold choices in this anime, and even like this actually comes up because so that that uh, absolute destiny apocalypse was composed by J. A. Caesar. Ikehuda said that a lot of the B. Papa's team and actually a lot of the production team objected to the dueling chorus. Is, but he felt like it really was like important to have it in the anime and he even says like i'm glad i fought for it because i feel like it really sealed the fate of the anime and i agree like i feel like it yeah. really elevates what it's trying to do it's so good oh my god because okay so music is its own aesthetic right and i think overall the thing that's made me fall in love with this anime is just the aesthetic like it's a great story i love that too but like just the richness and beauty of both the music the art everything is just so chef's kiss i fucking love it um yeah no i i thought it was fantastic i also thought it was hilarious like the lyrics about like birth certificate all this nonsense and i was like finally a song for like the county clerk like <laughs> that's straight up with the song finally is, it's like yeah records <laughs> i was like i'm like may, and i wonder like if in like the english version of the song like does they say different lyrics or is that legitimately the lyrics like those are legitimately the lyrics yeah i think i haven't wow. seen i haven't watched the english dub of utana but I honestly would you be surprised if they kept the same song because i know there isn't english yeah. versions of the songs either yeah but the music is fantastic though i think i think it's definitely one of my favorite parts of this series because yeah, sure. best believe if this had an english opening this th- we would have my third my second favorite segment but we do not unfortunately uh. the rest of the music on the anime was composed by uh shinki mitsumune and it just all goes so hard he they just do a great job i really love it but let's talk about the big centerpieces of music i mean the big centerpiece is absolute destiny apocalypse but let's talk about the intro and outro of uh utina so let's talk about the opening song that opening song is rondo revolution by masami okui casey what did you think of that i thought it was a really fun dance song but it and it's got like this kind of like hidden retro vibe it's like, and like the vocals aren't overstated. It's more focused on the beat. And I thought it was just really fun. I, I agree. I actually will say like, I mean, obviously we'll get to like who I thought of for uh, later. But like th- when I first heard this, I was like, oh yeah, this is like late disco club era. But then as I listened to it more and Skylar actually convinced me a little bit to like think about it a little differently. I ended up in a different genre, but I do think like it is like a fun dance beat for sure. Right. I was saying that this is one of the most dramatic openings I've ever heard. And it's so good. I love it so much. And a lot of the 80s had so much drama in it. And that's like what I love about it. So yeah. Oh, God. And can I say the intro visuals are like 90% Utena and Anthony almost kissing. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Queerness of the opening is so beautiful. Like everything is like nothing's forceful about it. It's so delicate and so beautiful. Like when they're just grabbing each other's hands or like even like caressing each other's faces as they like almost kiss. Pretty hot. Pretty right. But in like a soft way. Yeah. Again, just like that delicateness. I love it. So cute. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. Let's talk about that closing song, which is Truth by Ruka Yumi. Skylar, why don't you tell us what you thought about that? I think it's fun. Like, I don't think it is as good as the opening, but still fun and still has almost the exact same vibes as the opening. I agree. I actually like it almost as much as I like the opening personally, though. I, Me too. I just think it's, I think it's so good. Like, I, the second it started, I was like, oh, the outro also slaps. Like, hell yeah. 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 I, I definitely thought the same thing. I like, I thought it was really good. I love any guitar heavy um, anime a- intro or outro and um, I-, I also like that the the vocalist has like a really um, unique voice to me 100% I completely sound. agree literally when I was re-watching episode one and two with PJ when we were watching the ending I was just like oh this this is a different song oh no um, and I had a I had picked a completely different artist because I was going off the second ending song the whole time what a Skylar mm. thing to do <laughs> <laughs> very on brand for you my babe <laughs> well Woo! speaking of the song artists that you picked though let's uh transition over to my third favorite podcast segment of all time which modern or contemporary artist do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros casey why don't you kick us off with that opening rondo revolution yeah um i kind of went 80s on this one um i was thinking like what's a fun like kind of upbeat dance pop song that is maybe like the vocals aren't like the focal point of it, but it's still like fun. So I thought the Go-Go's should do this one. Interesting. Tell me the Go-Go's big song. I can't picture them right now. Our lips are sealed. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, I, you know, our lips are sealed vacation. They're good ones. Support this 100%. As soon as you, as soon as I remember who the Go-Go's were. Yeah, I agree. I I hear it. Uh, Skylar, what about you? Okay. So I focused on kind of like the vocals too, but definitely the drama of it. The only song that came to my head first, right? Was Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield. Ooh, I also totally get that vibe. Love that 100%. I, I feel like I went, I, I agreed more with Skylar's range of like the storytelling and the drama. It led me to think of the song Barracuda by Hart. Oh yeah, that's a good choice. No joke, PJ. I had, uh, Hart was my second choice. If Casey had said Pat Benatar, I was about to say fucking Hart. <laughs> I love that. But no, see, I, I think we're all on a similar page. Like the Go-Go's, I think, don't necessarily fall into that same range, but they're that same time frame. Right. So I, I support all three choices very much. Let's switch over to that closing song then, which is Truth. Skylar, why don't you kick us off with this one? I went with Roxette. Ooh. Roxette. It must have been love, but it's over it's now, over right? I definitely now. don't know that yeah. song or this artist. You know, Pretty Woman? Listen to Your Heart. Oh, I know oh, Listen yeah. to Your Heart. Oh, that's definitely a better song to pick than the one Casey picked. I don't know. That's the one I know. I don't tell <laughs> you. You don't know Listen Sorry, to buddy. Your Heart? <laughs> When they're oh my God. one of the most you, famous songs of that era. Yes. Okay. As soon as you pointed out who they were, I hear it. Yes. 100%. And I feel like for you, at least, like I, I definitely went with a different vibe from opening to uh, closing. But I think since you felt they were very similar vibes, you tied them in very well. I was going to say, uh, because they have a similar kind of deeper voice, but Roxette is a little bit more like subtle. Like it's not as dramatic as uh, Pat Benatar. Yeah. I went with Stevie Nicks. Oh, I could see that. I think the unique vocalization, and I mean more Stevie Nicks than Fleetwood Mac specifically, I want to clarify. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but what about you, Casey? Um, you know, I thought like, okay, so I was thinking guitars, but I actually went like a little more, I went more modern. Um, I thought Marina and the Diamonds could do this really well. Do you mean Marina? Yeah, I can see that. Or just Marina now, that's Since correct. Marina and the she, Diamonds no longer exist. She has dropped the Diamonds. Um, but I, but she has that really unique vocal. 100%. Ra- I think that's what kind of made me tie it in together. No, that vocal, that vocal range. I think we all went with someone with a very unique vocal range because this singer has a very unique vocal range. And all right. of them, you know, super strong female singers so i completely agree with all of our choices awesome i love that i love this and you're gonna love the additional clips and context we have for you to watch casey so why don't we take a quick break watch all of those and we'll come back with your closing thoughts and our closing segments so stay tuned everyone (laughs) 
Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. PJ here, thanking you as always for listening to our podcast. We hope you're enjoying this intense, gender-fluid, sexuality-defying, car-sex-having series. I'd always heard about Utsuna, and wow 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 was this everything it's been hyped up to be, and more, at least for me. Pride Month has been fun in general, but there's only one more week left. What's coming next week? What about the theme for next month? These questions and more can all be answered by keeping up with us on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Pod. On Facebook, you can also find the official Kawaii Disappointment group where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, kawaiidesupod.com, for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. Tune in next Monday as we have Casey listen to some bad luck and watch some gay love as we rock on to gravitation. You won't want to miss it. Now, back to the podcast. Alright, we're back. We had Casey watch some additional context, see some additional fights, some additional roses, some additional love scenes, some additional car scenes. <laughs> Casey, <laughs> after all of that, tell me what did you think? It's a fun, like, whimsical little journey. I like I like the uh I like this lesbian uh lead situation that we've got going on here. It's just fun. It's fun, it's magical, it's exciting, I'm into it. Good. I'm glad you liked it. I, I definitely think a Skylar picked mostly context clips that didn't show like how messed up the show can get so like when you're like it's whimsical i'm like yes whimsical i'm i'm sure it has like the i mean, I mean i've mean, i seen some of the clips like it has some dark moments as well but i don't know i like i like the uh the vibe i could not find it on youtube that's the hardest part because we do all of our clips by finding or creating clips on youtube but unfortunately there was just not a ton of representation for utana on YouTube. Right. A lot of it was just like AMVs and stuff. All you need to know is Akio, piece of shit. Also, shout out to Not Cousins. Yes, the song that plays during the Corvette scenes, very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of that together, Casey, did you end up with a favorite character? Yes. Uh, my favorite character was Mr. Mongoose that lived inside, <laughs> 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 lived inside the piano. Secret so favorite, because I just thought that scene was very charming. Definitely thought it would be Nanami, yeah. Yeah, because of her Renge laugh that Casey loves so much. Right. That was close, but the mongoose stole it from her. It's Mr. Mongoose. Mr. <laughs> mongoose, to be correct. Oh, yeah. My favorite character was probably actually Utena, surprisingly, because, you know, it's a main character. Actually, though, she's my second favorite character. Choo Choo's my favorite character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. What about you, Skylar? So it's really hard because I honestly love Utena. I I feel very connected to her, like in uh, dressing very boyish in high school and stuff. Um, but I think my favorite's Mickey. You guys didn't really get to see him. He's the one with the blue hair. Mickey Mouse? No, Mickey. <laughs> Mickey Mouse? Oh, PJ. Actually, you did see him a couple of times. He's the one with the stopwatch. Yeah, I like him. I like his little rose stopwatch. Yeah, he's got a twin sister that Loki hates him, and he plays the piano, baby, and he's also in love with Anthony. Mickey plays the blues. He does mm. play the booze. I love that. Well, with uh, your thoughts and your favorite characters locked down, I think it's time we take you into our Rose Thunderdome, and we start to question everything about our absolute destiny. But our absolute destiny isn't about apocalypse. It's about disappointments. <laughs> Zetai Unmei Disappointment Casey well, Will you continue watching Revolutionary Girl Utena? Yes, yes I will By the Order of the Rose, I will <laughs> The Genovian Order of the Rose, obviously From Princess By the Diaries. End of the World, the Order of the Rose And, oh, is that just Oh, look, a, a Tuxedo Mask just threw in a rose too Just, just for good measure yeah. Oh my Tuxedo gosh. Mask would have such a hard on in this anime Like, for all He's these like, roses oh, there's so many roses And Tuxedo <laughs> so Mask would throw in a rose right now Because the anime, the, our podcast is nearing its end <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, I love that Honestly, me and, I had this conversation with Skylar Where I was like, you know, there's a lot of times where we talk about Oh, will Casey like this? Will Casey not like this? And I literally said, if Casey doesn't like this He's 
there's just no pleasing Casey. Because this has everything <laughs> Casey loves. This has strong female lead, gay yep. stuff, yep. lore, music. Yep. Yeah, it, it's great. Obviously, I'm going to keep watching this. Fantastic. I love it. Uh, awesome. Well, we have uh, our third Kawhi success in the book for Pride Month. Let's hope next week we can round it out with a full uh, uh, king sweep, uh, or I guess a queen sweep for Pride mm-hmm. Month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Queen sweep. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to wait till we get there. But before before we get there, let's get to America's favorite podcast segment. Is there an MV for that? AMV, anime, music, videos. Is there an AMV for that? With two players this time, because I also just watched this. But we'll <laughs> kick it off, as always, with Casey. You know the rules. Hit. Skylar, because she'll be our our scorekeeper for this game, with your song and artist. Oh, this is so exciting. Um, my AMV song and artist of choice is Diamonds by Rihanna. It's an interesting choice, Casey. Tell me what, what made you uh, get there. Um, I was thinking about, like, is there a song about stars or whatever? And then I was like, You're like beautiful, diamonds like in diamonds sky. in the sky. I don't know. That's how I went there. And I then like I was that. thinking about magical girls. I don't know. It was just the whole thing about that. <laughs> Honestly, there is not. I'm sorry. Correction from editor PJ. Skylar was 100% wrong. And there were AMVs to Diamonds by Rihanna for Revolutionary Girl Utena. So Casey will be awarded his three points. We'll have a crowning ceremony at our earliest behest. And we apologize for the confusion. Now listen to us. Tell him he was wrong for the next few minutes, even though he was right. I can't believe it. Unfortunately, Casey, uh, that is not going to be a three-pointer. But I am also playing this, so let's see if I can redeem the pod. I feel like I have what is arguably one of the best choices and most relevant choices i'm gonna go with kiss from a rose by seal Ooh! did you know that when it snows it's revolutionary utina girl the batman (laughs) song yeah yes (laughs) it exists but i need to tell you it's not kiss from a rose it's kiss from a rose bride (laughs) they just just named the anime the amv is that the only one there's actually so many yeah i feel like it's the most logical answer either that or every rose has its thorn one of those two had to be every rose has its thorns uh so that is unfortunately no points for casey but three points for the podcast as a whole uh which we will gladly take uh because it's pride month and you can't take a victory away from the gays or the queers Yay. So that brings us to our super secret, not so secret bonus point. Is there an MV to Evanescence bringing to life for revolutionary girl Uthana? Yes. The answer is yes. There's so many. Of course there is. There's so many dark themes in this. It's also so like sexy, hot goth stuff sometimes, but also sexy, hot Victorian stuff and just sexy, hot stuff in general. That's not related to the Evanescence thing, but in general, of course there is. Love it. Love that. Also, really quick, PJ, there was not every rose has a thorns. There's not every rose has a thorn. Wow. Come on, AMP community. Get on diamonds and every rose has a thorn. <laughs> diamonds in the sky. There's one for Starboy. Oh, I like Starboy. Also one for What's Up Danger, which I will be watching after that's we're done hot. recording. That's hot. I, I haven't even seen it, but that's love hot. love that song. Oh, God. Well, we love to see it. That's four points in the book uh, as we continue on our hot streak for Pride Month. With all of that said, a Kawhi success, four points in the book. We hope you guys had a good time, a fun time, a rose time, hopefully not an incest time. Especially not an incest time. A literal car sex having time. But with all of that said, that is the end of our time. And until next time, we hope your wait isn't a Kawhi disappointment. I have been PJ. I've been Skylar. And this anime is wilder than the iCarly reboot. Stay magical, baby. I'm Casey. Bye. The iCarly reboot isn't even that wild. Casey, what is that about? All right, bye, everyone. It's, it's wild. Check bitch. it out. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>